The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca. And a stormy, stormy Thursday here on the prairies, at least in the Regina area, and we'll keep you updated on the weather. If you have any weather updates for us, because we're in our little booth at the corner of 12th and Rose in downtown Regina, but if you have any updates, please text us by all means at 936-6262. We'll get to our text line sponsor in a second. Our show is brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and you'll get a $25 free sports bet there at spreads.ca it is week one in the CFL and it kicks off tonight in Calgary with Bo Levi Mitchell a friend of the show and the Calgary Stampeders taking on Vernon Adams Kahari Jones and the Montreal Alouettes we're going to get to our first guest on the Western Pizza Hotline in a second but we'll tell you our text line is brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac the number one dealership in terms of GM dealerships in the province at the corner of 12th or pardon me at the corner of uh, Rochdale and Pasqua in North Regina getting my addresses mixed up here I can't mix up the fact that I got the best producer in the business you need to have a great producer when you're me starting out on a new show and I got it in Sean Kleisinger now it's not all about the chips and gum and rainbows maybe the rainbows come after the storm here uh, Zinger but we got to keep the people updated in Regina and surrounding area you got a couple of texts there yeah we got we got a text from Vilma it's more of a concern it was a uh, she says did your tower get struck by lightning I have uh, no station and watchress and yes yeah. right before uh, four o'clock it, it was there something happened we yeah. went off air for a bit but I believe the gods have settled down for the time being, and we're back on the airwaves right now. But like you said, whoever, uh, if you have any news, like text me up, 306-936-6262. Whether, you know, you got bonked on the head by a big uh, hail ball or whatever, just let me know on the text line. We'll, we'll share our thoughts together. And here. we're never out of range. Uh, we do have phones now or uh, the internet, so you can always get us on our website at 620ckrm.com or on our app. Give us a tweet at yeah. SportsCage. There you go. All right, let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline on this Thursday. almost forgot what day it was. The days blend into each other. When you're getting up in the morning, doing a 4 o'clock morning show, then an afternoon, a, a split shift, as we like to say, that's coming to an end in one week exactly. But, uh, yeah, we are going to head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to recent rider, Plaza of Honor inductee, and... Current analyst from the Tiger Cats Audio Network, that would be Andy Fantuz. Tuz, how are you today, my friend? Ballsy, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's always nice talking to you. It's nice to finally get through the CBA garbage and the strike and the four downs and all the rule changes. Andy, we're talking football. Let's talk Tiger Cat football. Dane Evans comes in here, the undisputed starting quarterback of a professional football team. First time we've been able to say that. What do you expect from number nine? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's yeah he's undisputed leader here in Tigertown, and um, he you know he's had a he had a great run in 2019, as you know, all the way to the Great Cup, and uh, in 2020 was up in or 21, up and down, but he's um, he's really a student of the game, and he knows the offense like the back of his hand, and um, him and Tommy Condell, the offensive coordinator, have have a great relationship. And he just has a, a way of becoming friends with pretty much everyone on the team, <laughs> even the new guys, the vets. So uh, big things expected from, from Dane Evans, 
spread, spreading the ball around and making plays. Uh, you, you know, he's, uh, of course, hoping to stay healthy, but he's feeling great coming into camp and throughout camp. So, um, yeah, he's, he's looking for a big season. Well, I'll tell you what, the six foot uh, one, 218-pound signal caller, Andy, had uh, 69 completed passes for 787 yards and six touchdowns, and uh, he had a second-half comeback in the East Final that he orchestrated, and unfortunately for him in the home Grey Cup got hurt, so you know he's going to be raring to go here. Um, so I- I'm really interested to see what he does in Week 1 here. Running back Don Jackson came on towards the end of the season. Is he the uh, lead dog in the backfield right now? He is. Yeah, he's the undisputed lead dog in the backfield. He can. He's ver- really versatile. Can 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 run and, and catch and, and pass protect. So those are all really important things for for Tommy in this offense. But um, you know, at the end of the year, you could really see when he had the ball, he had that that he was the hammer and he had that aggression that was motivating the rest of the team and and the offensive line started playing better uh when they had him behind them so um he comes in and he's going to get the majority of the touches but there's uh there's you know there's a few other guys in the rotation that um are, are eager to to get their chance as well Speedy B, no longer a Hamilton Tiger Cat. He moves down the road to Toronto. Ackland moves on to Ottawa, but you still have some great pass catchers there. I'm interested to see what a healthy Braylon Addison can do. It was a kind of a rough 2021 for him. Yeah, Braylon. Braylon's uh, he's got an incredible fo- football IQ. He he, uh, you know, coming from my from myself, I really respect uh, his his game and the way he approaches it. Um, and if he can stay healthy this year, look for for big things and to be that reliable target, uh, especially in in those long uh, conversion pass downs. So um, he's he's going to be moving around the field a lot and um, and doing doing everything for the team. And then they have guys like uh, Tim White, who right. really came on strong at the second half of the year. Um, yards after catch was was outstanding, but. He had a, a phenomenal catch. Uh, sorry, camp, and um, I'm I'm looking for big things out of him. And then Stephen Dunbar Jr. Uh, returns as well. Uh, so those three guys are really the three um, main main weapons for Dane Evans. And then you have um, you know a few new guys coming in. Uh, yeah, the Canadian the Lamar Durant's a nice addition there. Yeah, Lamar's Lamar's hurt right now, unfortunately. Yeah. So we'll have to wait a few weeks to see what he could do. Um, but you have David Ugger back, and mm-hmm. Tyler Chanowski is chomping at the bit to get his chance because he's uh, really, really improved a lot um, from his college days, in which he was incredible in in the, in the OUA. So, uh, and then pop, guys like Poppy White, uh, a new guy, Anthony Johnson. There's there's uh, no shortage of weapons at the receiving core. All right, so. Um... Micah Johnson, a familiar name, comes back, uh, you know, uh, to the CFL out east this time. Leaves the Rough Riders, thirty-three-year-old started twelve games of D tackle for the Ruffies last year. Nineteen total tackles, eight tackles for loss, one fumble recovery, one pass knockdown. Of course, you know Andy; he's a three-time All-Star. What has he brought to this team? Because you know he offsets the loss of a guy like Jagera Davis. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because. Uh, He's he's one of those guys you you don't he doesn't necessarily get a ton of stats or uh, accolades on the t- on the television screen but if you're watching film uh, you always know where 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 this guy is and 
and he's taken on the double teams every time because you can't single and block him. It was the same in Saskatchewan last year and, and all the years before that. Uh, he's just as strong as an ox, and um, putting him there inside with, with guys like Dylan Wynn and Teddy Laurent, um, that interior line for a defensive line for the Ticats is, is really stout. Yeah, now it's interesting. The best friend of a defensive line is a good secondary and vice versa. And you definitely have that with the likes of uh, Roll and Brooks and Adelike, uh Siante Evans, and uh, Richard Leonard's backs. That's a pretty good set. That's a special secondary in Hamilton. Yeah, the the, the back end of the Ticats is full of veteran presence that have worked together for uh, for a long time. I mean, Rich is Rich is coming back, but he's he's a vet in this league. He's been an all star in this league uh, and can cover like like anyone in the league. So um, you you part you you look at that secondary across the board, and then pair that with the linebacking core that started mm-hmm. all uh, what is it, eleven? How many games last year? Fourteen games. Yeah. Uh, together, that they you know th- there's a lot of a lot of cohesiveness there in the in the Ticat defense. You mentioned to Garrett Davis's absence. Uh, for me, it's it's really going to be how are they going to get that that pressure on the quarterback is going to be the, what I'm eager to see. And it, whether it's going to be players making big plays or the scheme uh, uh, making you know allowing people to be free towards the quarterback. But that's uh, that's really the only area that I can see like on paper quote unquote that um, the Tiger Cats need need an answer for so uh, do you uh, with those comments Andy Fantuz uh, are you taking the homer approach Hamilton's first in the east do you think well they uh, they don't have an easy road <laughs> you know um, Toronto got first last year and they uh, they just bolstered the roster even more and added some added some vets uh, a team like Ottawa is completely um, wild card with almost a c- complete revamp, and and Montreal, of course, uh, is always in the mix and tough team to beat. So, um, I I would you know if I had to pick one, I would pick the Tie Cats, uh, and I hope they play against the Riders in the Great Cup <laughs> in Regina because I'll be there, and uh, nothing would make me happier. But um, yeah, I'd pick the Cats, but it's not going to be an easy road. They you know, there's, there's a. I think the Tie Cats are a team that's going to get better as the year goes on, because mm-hmm. um, there are some some new air, new positions and some some uh, you know some depth issues, I guess you could say, uh, come out of camp. Andy, I talked to Coach Craig Dickinson here. He said one thing that all teams are going to fight the first couple of weeks because of a uh, shortened, uh, you know, two preseason uh, games back-to-back, especially in the Riders' case, a Tuesday and a Friday. It's conditioning. And and he feels the team that wins the conditioning battle can can have, you know, mind over, uh, over matter, so to speak. That'll be the team that wins week one. Because you know, Andy, fan twos, when you get tired, you make mistakes. I, I I agree completely. I think the the conditioning is gonna it'd be a big thing. If there's any kind of sloppy football, uh, there'll be a lot of special teams. So making sure you know when the conditioning starts falling, you don't get lazy and get penalties. Um, so whoever's punting the ball well and, and covering well, um, uh, able to last four quarters and play physical football, and and I also think coming out of the gate uh, throughout the whole season, it's gonna be. Which teams know how to exploit the new hash dimensions uh, mm-hmm. the best, and which teams can cover the new, um, you know, the the differences of the field 
uh, zones, I guess you could say, the best. And, and who can like pick up on that the fastest and, and really take advantage of it? Because as the season goes on, you know, teams will learn from other teams, but who can get out of the gate with, uh, you know, with a, a record that everyone's chasing? Lastly, uh, what do you think of our Rough Riders? Your old team, uh, obviously, uh, you're broadcast, you know, broadcasting the Tiger Cat game, so uh, you're, you're not... Uh, you are part of Rider Nation, but you're not. But what do you think of the Riders? It's never easy being the host team for a Grey Cup. Hamilton just went through it. But just how do you think the Rider season will go, all things being equal? Yeah, you know, I always bleed green. Uh, uh, it's, um, I, I love I love when when the teams play each other and, and still follow the Riders regardless. So, uh, like, I'm a big Cody Fajardo fan. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what, how he continues to progress. Uh, I, I, the receiving core there, it makes me really excited. Yeah. And then on, yeah, and the defensive side, like I, I want to see the, the linebacking, the new linebacker uh, crew, crew, because, um, I played with Larry Dean before. I know Dale Sankey. And then whether it's, uh, I don't know if Moncrief is starting or, um, is it McKinnis? Uh, I, yeah, I Mon, Moncrief, Moncrief's going to be in the mix for sure. They've moved him around kind of like a Swiss Army knife so far. So yeah, he's he's absolutely in the mix. So yeah, you got McKinnis, yeah. you, you got him, you, you got. Uh, there's a few different options there. Uh, Tights yeah. is on the Tights is on the sixth game. Hey, before I let you go, I got to ask you to give advice. If you could give advice to the young first year guys, like I, I think of a Lacombo or a Jacob Prowl who's going to play receiver. Um, if, if you could give advice to a, a new guy breaking into this league week one all the pomp and pageantry that comes with it what would Andy Fantu say <laughs> oh man uh, I, I would I would say that learn from your peers as much or more than you learn from your coaches and that's on the field off the field Every, everything you do just do it do it the right way and uh, and just keep getting better day after day one one percent better and uh, and you'll be fine. Andy Fantuz did that, and he did it to excellence, uh, being a great cup champion here with the Riders and a Plaza of Honor inductee, of course, last year. Thanks, Andy, for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. All Take right. Care and, uh, yeah. Looking forward to the season. Yeah, we'll see you soon, man. Yeah, he's but he's behind enemy lines now. He is the uh, an analyst on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. They do a great job there with all their podcasts and everything too. Good job in Hamilton. But uh, hey. We're rooting against the Tabbies on Saturday. 5 o'clock kickoff pregame show here at 2 with Daniela Ponticelli. Don here with the professor and Plaza of Honor inductee Wes Cates. I believe that was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Our thanks to Andy Fantuz from the Tiger Cats Audio Network for joining us here. Hey, I got a message here from uh, Trevor Prey, and he said, Hey, Ballsy, what's up with Kyron Moore? Still out with a knee injury. He will be out until about Labor Day they're targeting. He'll be replaced by number 84, Jacob Prawl, receiver out of Boston University, the Boston Bears. So we will uh, hear from him a little later on in the show. Our text line brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at 936-6262. I want to ask you a football-related question, and that would be, how do you think your Rough Riders are going to do this year? Let us know. Let us leave your name, and uh, we'll make you famous and give you a shout-out and uh, give us your prediction. How do you think the Riders do this year as 
as they're hosting the Grey Cup. But we also have uh, bigger things on the on the agenda here, Zinger, and uh, a text with regards to the weather. Got a text here from a listener saying, number one highway south of Grand Coulee at about 3 or 3.30 p.m. this afternoon, sent in three pictures, and it literally looks like snow, but mm. I'm, I'm guessing that's just a bunch of hail balls. Oh, it'd be hail balls. And, and there's a bunch of cars... Uh, uh, off to the side? Uh, off to the side there. I got trucks lined up, so it looks like it's uh, pretty bad. Man. Yeah. I, I, it looks like there's like 10 feet of snow out there. Yeah, but it's it, bad it, for crops if they're, I mean, they're not up yet, but uh, yeah. And uh, we also, uh, when we had Andy Vantus on chatting with you, I got a call in from uh, Craig in Regina. He was listening, and I told him, hey, you could call back and ask Ballsy on the air, but uh, I, I, I guess he couldn't because he was busy. So yeah. he relayed my question, so he told me, and now I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, Craig's, uh, he said there's like 5,000 tickets left or so for the game on Saturday. He, That's his estimation. I think there's more than that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, his question for you, Ballsy, is what can the riders do to attract uh, fans to the stadium? Hmm. Well, I mean, I always think they should. Li- it's not the riders' fault. But we need to have tailgating there. It needs to be a party. You need to have a situation where you can set up and just party all day long and then go to the game. I really think we need to get around that. And there is with that Coors Light party in the park. Yeah, it's, that's it's, gonna. It's back at yeah, 2 p.m. That's, that's going to be great. They're going to let fans on the field after the game for the first time since 2019. You know, weather permitting and everything like that. Um, they also have family packs uh, for ninety nine dollars, and you'll sit in a special sec a section where drinking isn't allowed and I'm okay with that because if you got kids there and a family so the food specials food, as well uh, family friendly food combos and uh, select fridge magnets for uh, this game to well there's fridge magnets to a, a select number of people that come so when they run out they run out but I mean yeah uh, they're going to have to find ways and, and you want to create a party you want it to be the place to be and you got to do it like Amar Doman's doing in BC. They've sold out the lower bowl, so they're going to have about 30,000 there. He's blocked off streets around BC Place. They're, they got a DJ. They're going to spin some tunes before the game. Then One Republic, not my cup of tea, but it is for the younger folk, and they're going to have a concert and then the game. So hopefully Nathan Rourke and those guys can uh, put on a good show in BC. So, and also on Saturday, too, Tyler Joe Miller, a country yeah. star. He's performing at halftime, too, which is... Uh, pretty cool for country yeah. listeners and rider fans. That's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. So get your tickets. Go get your uh, Rough Rider memorabilia. All right, Zinger, let's get to one of these. Well, this is normally where we talk about six big sports stories of the day and give our take, but let's talk CFL here and some predictions from yours truly as the season kicks off tonight. Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders hosting the Montreal Alouettes. Let's start in the East. These are my predictions. The number one team in the East, in my opinion, the Toronto Argonauts. Now, I don't really trust the law firm McLeod Bethel Thompson, but they have great depth and really good Canadians. I'm also intrigued to see how much gas in the tank 
Greybeard's Andrew Harris and Brandon Banks have. I think Ryan Dinwiddie and the Argos will host the East final again this year. Finishing second in the East, according to yours truly at the sports cage, Hamilton. Dane Evans is the clear number one quarterback for the first time in his career in the CFL. The loss of D-lineman Jagera Davis hurts, but they of course offset that with the offseason signing of former Rough Rider Micah Johnson. The core of this team that's been to the last two Grey Cups returns, and with a great coaching staff too, they'll look at taking that final step, the Grey Cup victory this year in Regina. They'll get to second place and uh, head to Toronto, I think, to play the Argos in a rematch of the East final that they won last year. Number three in the East, I think it'll be the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Jeremiah Masoli era begins in the nation's capital. The Red Blacks may have won the offseason, and after the dismal performance last year, they needed to. It's time for Coach Paul Lapalise to put this thing together. Now, his coaching hot seat might be a tad warm, but I'll tell you what. The fourth place team in the East, the Montreal Alouettes. I refer to them as the TMZ Alouettes. It could be high drama in La Belle Province, and it might start tonight. Coach Gahari Jones is on the last year of his deal. Vernon Adams Jr. is the starting quarterback, but Trevor Harris, a proven QB, is nipping at his heels. The noise could get loud from the quarterback room and outside of it real early, and it'll be up to those three men to manage it going to be a very very competitive east in fact for the first time in a long time the east looks stronger overall on paper than the west and speaking of the west the calgary stampeders had an off season by their standards last year if you call an off season losing at mosaic stadium in overtime with a less than 100 percent bo levi mitchell and with your special teams playing uncharacteristically poor in their semi-final loss to the Riders. This team's success starts and ends with their quarterbacking and Bo Levi Mitchell. He hasn't been great the last two years, mainly due to injury. And with Jake Mayer waiting in the wings, I think number 19 will be ready to be the driving force as he pushes the Stamps to a place that they're used to, first place in the West. Finishing second in the West, I think, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The pressure's on the green and white as they've lost the last two Western Finals and now host the Grey Cup. We know what they did the last time they hosted the Grey Cup, so you know expectations are high. And it starts with quarterback Cody Fajardo, who's coming off a so-so season. But in fairness to Cody, it's just his third year as the starting quarterback, and he's now working with Jason Moss for the second straight year in this offense. And man, he's got an embarrassment of riches to get the ball to. The return of a healthy Terran Vaughn on the offensive line should help keep him upright. And A.C. Leonard and Derek Moncrief give defensive coordinator Jason Shivers some talented chess pieces to move around his aggressive defense. Finishing third in the West, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can't stay at the top forever. The Bombers took some off-season hits. The defense lost all-star defensive back DeAndre Alford, who went to the NFL, Dimeback Alden Darby, who went to Hamilton, plus great interior D lineman Steven Richardson, who left for BC, and rotating pass rusher Jonathan Kongbo. On, on offense, veteran running back Andrew Harris was allowed to walk, and I think they're going to miss his blocking and tough inside underappreciated running. Receiver Kenny Lawler and receiver Darvin Adams left for Edmonton and Ottawa respectively, replaced by Greg Ellingson. He's still good, but he's not the Hamilton Ellingson good. At number four, 
the BC Lions. Now I've got the Lions and Elks rosters pretty comparable except for at quarterback. Now I'm not sure I'm totally buying Nathan Rourke just yet as the starter, but he looked good last week versus our Rough Riders in silly season action. I'm hoping he does well because for the first time in CFL history, a Canadian starts at quarterback and is backed up by a Canadian at quarterback. That's awesome. And the Lions are about to have their biggest crowd in years for their home opener. I hope their performance matches the hype in week one because the CFL needs it. And at number five, it's the Edmonton Elks. Chris Jones is great from an interest sake to have back in this league, and he's proven to be a winner. And despite the poor showing in the last preseason game against Calgary, you know his team will be talented and be better towards the back end of the season. It does also look like he'll start with veteran Nick Arbuckle as his quarterback, even though he wanted to move on from Arbuckle in the offseason. Now, Nick played well in the preseason game he was in, but an injury kept him out of the lineup for the second game. Will that drag into week one? At this point, we don't know. It's a question mark at quarterback, and it's that question mark that has me putting Edmonton in the basement suite of the CFL West. But it won't be too long before Jones has the Elks moving on up. Moving, moving on up like the Jeffersons. Moving on up, moving on up. You know, moving on do you remember that show? No, I'm Maybe. just trying to fit in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Smarty Pants, why don't you fit in? What did you think of those picks? Uh, they're pretty good pick six today, Ballsy. Uh, random thought that just came to mind. We are yep. talking about the game tonight. In a way, I, I really do hope that Bull Levi Mitchell returns to his old form. I know... Rider Nation will probably be like, "What? What are you talking no, about?" No, we need it. We but need I, it. I, it's good for the league right now. Yeah. We, right now, we don't have like elite caliber quarterback play, and in order for us to get there, we have to have the the face of the quarterbacks be able to play good. So he needs to play good tonight, and then uh, that's kind of like a stepping stone from there on out. Then we can uh, kind of pinpoint, okay, this guy can play good now. This, but you need to have your face of the league when it comes to quarterbacks. You know play good football. Well, so. he, he, listen to this. We're and it's go- not Zach Clark, so I don't yeah, care. Yeah, we're going to break. We're going to break, but I want you to think about this, football fans, and weigh in if you want. 936-6262, our text line. Scoring's down. Things haven't been going good. TSN comes out with the top 50 list. Zach Kalaros is our best player in the league. Zach Kalaros is our best player in the league. Let that marinate for a second. Text me if you agree or disagree. Listen, he's a decent player. He was the MOP. He, his head was a bowl of soup with the Riders, and I'm not making fun of that, but he got smoked. Toronto didn't think he was that great the second time around because that's where he started his career. He's in Winnipeg, and he's good because he was surrounded with some pretty good talent and a great offensive line. He's not elite. He's good, very good. He wouldn't be anything if uh, well, if, you the, put, if the Bombers' defense w- was no, was a bad defense. No. If he was playing from behind constantly, you put him on the no, you put him suck. you put him on the Riders' team last year with the O line problems we had with Cody Fajardo behind him. Oh, and he'd be mashed potatoes. He'd be <laughs> mashed potatoes, and that would be it. I'd, I'd fear for his life. I'm not cutting down the O line. They had to work through some things. They're going to be better this year. But Cody, with his feet. Got them out of a lot of situations. Come on, man. That's what. F- forget the rule changes. 
We need some elite quarterbacking, so I'm with you. Yep. I want Bo to play well unless he's playing the Riders. Anyway, of course. We'll, we'll take a break and be back with more in a moment. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Cronenworth hits it towards right center field. That ball's going to get down. From second, Kim will score. Behind him comes Profar. Throw to the plate will be late, and the Padres have a 6 nothing. High fly ball down the right field line. Off the bat of Cronenworth. Will it get there? It will! Into the crown zone! Three-run home run for Jake Cronenworth. The Padres take an 11-0 lead. They'd go on to beat the Mets 13-2 in a battle of heavyweights in the National League. The Padres take two of three from the great New York Mets team. And Jake Cronenworth in the crown zone as Don Arcillo calls it with the uh, San Diego Padres Bally Sports Network. And it was uh, a five-RBI performance for Cronenworth, who is getting hot. Padres are hanging in there, man, in the NL West without Fernando Tatis, who doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> he will uh, be back, and then they'll be really rolling. It's only June 9th, though, Balls. You just take a step back, two double, okay? Two doubles from uh, Manny Machado. I put 50 on him at the start of the year for the NL MVP. He's looking good right now. He's the odds-on favorite, wow, Zinger. what's the payout for that? 1500 bucks, okay. and, and I might even buy you something okay. out of that, Zinger. So why don't you, you shut your mouth? <laughs> I see you over there. Okay, here we go. Zinger, uh, Sastel picked the score. Closest pick of the week gets a $100 gift card from Sastel. Those picks get entered to win a sweet experience at Mosaic for the 2023 season. The draw will be made at the end of the year, okay? So, you call in right now, 936-6262. We'll take your prediction live on the air or toll-free, 1-866-767-0620. Let's get some interaction on this show. Mm-hmm. Going to get ready for the big home opener. And while we await the phone calls, and they're lighting up right now, let's get to defensive back Nick Marshall. All right, Nick Marshall, my first time talking to you uh, this year. How's uh How's everything going so far? Everything going um, good so far. Getting ready for this home opener against um, Hamilton. Yeah. And just see what our team made about this year. Yeah, so talk about the home opener. That's always one of the favorite games, I assume. Uh, you only get one home opener, so um, it's something we're going to be able to put our mind to and then get our fans something that they need to see. What are your goals coming into this year, Nick, personally yourself? Um, me personally, just um, just not giving up the things I was giving giving up last year on the deep, like on deep balls and stuff. but. Me, I just want to um, focus on more tackling this year. Yeah, yes, talk, talk about that because uh, I, I was uh, remarking on that, that, yeah, mm-hmm. something probably you want to do is just to, uh, you know, be more of a leader in terms of tackling in the secondary. This oh, season. yeah, it's just something that, um, that I know is, is a weakness to my game, but it's just something I've been working on all, all season. And I just feel by me being a better tackler to make our defense a whole lot better. Was there one moment last year, a game or a situation where, you know, you look back and said, hey, I got to do this better? Um, yeah, because, uh, it, like, I play – I'm a binary corner, of course, they're going to run the ball to the binder. So you got to be able to tackle. So me, my focus on this year being the total full package. Talk about the hash marks and how – has it changed your game at all on the boundary side? Um, yes, it has. It's changed it just a little bit. I ain't going to say too much, just a little bit because the more space. But, but I say by, like, by, by game time, I'll be ready for it, though. Mm-hmm. So this ain't really an adjustment. If anything, it'll be the adjustment for the quarterback. To me, when I watch it, you played with a bit of an edge last year. But then I talked to Coach Dickey, and he said, you know, this guy, a little bit of personal stuff going on with his brother passing away and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you in a better mindset this year, my friend? Oh, yeah, most definitely in a better mindset. It just, I just, 
didn't have time to grieve when I had to when I lost my brother. So now that I had time to grieve, now I'm all locked in. Talk about being uh, kind of more of a leader now. You lost Pierre Foy, Ganey's gone. It, 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 you and Adam are kind of the, the graybeards back there in the um, secondary. Yeah, it's been great because I'm just bringing the younger guys along with us as I help them, help them learn my scheme. It feels great to be that guy that they look up to and then just may help them be great. What do you think of a, a young Nelson Lacombo and, and the makings he has of being a, a good secondary player? Oh, yeah, he's a, with him, he's a young guy. He's still learning the playbook as we go on and like him what I think I like about him he asks questions like he always want to learn so just coming from that getting that from him it, it's great had another guy interviewed just recently I forget who it was but he said that that's the oh I think it was Duke Williams mm -hmm. asking questions yeah. that's the key yeah asking questions if you if you um, don't ask any questions you just going out here like don't know what you're doing then that's the easy way to like go down you're not getting better each day yeah Hamilton's got an explosive offense what do you see from their receiving core Nick um I see a couple guys like they they big and tall come on some of they ain't got speedy banks anymore so it's gonna be great to see what they have coming in here what they're gonna look like Nick thanks man I appreciate it good luck all right thank you thanks to Nick Marshall number three one of the gray beards in the secondary he and Mike Adam will have to be the anchors there with the departures of Luchez Pirafoy and Ed Ganey, of course. Clark's in there, Roland Milligan, Webb, and uh, Nelson Lacombo. We'll see some sort of combination there when the depth chart comes out tomorrow. Okay, time now for Pick the Score. Closest pick of the week gets a $100 gift certificate from Sastel. Those picks get entered to win a sweet experience at Mosaic for 2023, and the draw goes at the end of the season. But just for picking the score, today you'll get two tickets to the Riders-Tiger-Cats game on Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff, 2 p.m. pregame show right here on 620 CKRM. Let's go to the Western Pizza Hotline and speak with our friend Jason. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, Jason. So uh, your score for the game on Saturday, the home opener, is? 24-17 Riders. 24-17. Will it be a late touchdown, do you think, uh, Jason? Uh yeah, I think so. Cody will get one late for us and we'll win her. Okay, he'll get a he'll get a little one yard dive and then put it over the top. Is there somebody well first off, who's your favorite rider? Uh I would probably say Cody, I guess. Yeah, is there anybody besides Cody you're looking forward to watching this year and in game one in particular? Uh well, it's interesting to see how Hughes is gonna look for our defense. I'm excited. I got season tickets, so that's awesome. Most of them last year, so looking forward to a great year this year. Awesome, man. Where do you where do you uh, sit? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, six thirty eight. So right on the visitors' side, fifty yard line. Awesome. Up in the upper deck. Now you got a couple of extra tickets to uh, maybe turn somebody else onto the game of football, the great three down game that we love. Thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. Twenty four seventeen. Jason has the Riders over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Enjoy the game, Jason. Thank you. You too. And make sure you listen to the pregame show at 2 with Danielle, okay? All right. Sounds good. Awesome, man. All right. That's uh, Jason joining us, one of the great rider faithful in Rider Nation. When we come back, we got an announcement here on the Sports Cage, and we'll hear an interview that ties into that announcement. This is the Sports Cage. Oh, I should tell you, this segment of the show, by the way, I'm sorry, brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer call 781-1077. You want to spend money on the CFL, and you want to do it at spreads.ca, the sponsor of this show. I already put my bet in. I'll give you my predictions right away too so you can earn some cash the ballsy way on spreads.ca. Hey, that I could be an ambassador for them. How about that, Zinger? Uh, we'll be back with more in a moment. Alright, we're back. It's 447. 
Sports tickers brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Give them a call, 781-2090. The 2022 CFL season kicks off tonight. Montreal Alouettes at the Calgary Stampeders. How will Vernon Adams Jr. look? Will Bo Levi return to his top-level play? How many fans will there be at McMahon Stadium for the season opener? We get some answers tonight, 7 p.m. kickoff. On TSN, the Tampa Bay Lightning carry the momentum into Madison Square Garden for Game 5 tonight. Tampa has won the last two games to tie the series after the Rangers got out to a 2-0 series lead. Game 5, Lightning Rangers at 6 p.m. And despite leaving Game 3 with a foot injury, Steph Curry said he is going to play in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The Warriors will need him more than ever after the Celtics took Game 3 last night on home court, 116-100. Boston leads the series 2-1 with Game 4 tomorrow night at TD Garden. Ballsy. All right, so... Uh... We want to get to uh, Brian Raymond here in a second, but I want to make an announcement here on the sports cage. We've got a second guy in the cage for us. Now, we're happy to have Daniela Ponticelli on our sidelines and as our pre- and post-game show host, Don Hewitt helping out, and, of course, Wes Cates. But we got a second full-time sports reporter. He was here in the newsroom a long time ago. He hired me. He's a Locker Talk host for 20 years on Access. He knows lots about local sports, an accomplished amateur football coach and a guy with deep pipes and anytime you can add deep pipes to this show we'll take it because i don't have deep pipes zinger's got deep pipes i don't i sound like i'm just hitting uh, hitting puberty but not this guy pete pasco will join us we're very happy to have pedro join us and actually he had a chance to uh, catch up with a couple of guests here you're going to hear talking about female football a big thing coming locally in uh, july and our next guests are two members of the team that will represent Saskatchewan at the first ever under-18 Women's Football National Championship coming up right here in Regina in July. So let's get right into it. The head coach of the team, no stranger to this program, is Claire Dory. Seated next to her, one of the, uh, one of the players who will play numerous positions because it's a six-a-side type of tournament and you get to do that. Uh, so we will call her O-line or possibly D-line, maybe some linebacker. Anyway, her name is Jaya Guy, and we'll find out how many positions she's looking forward to playing. But uh, first off, Claire, congrats on being named the head coach. Exciting opportunity, clearly uh, uncharted territory with this tournament. Clearly you're looking forward to it, I assume. Absolutely. Anytime you can put a stamp on being the first of anything, it's exciting. Um, you know, excited, as you well, you well know, to, to coach enthusiastic young women and, and keep growing the sport of women's tackle football in Saskatchewan and across the country. The team has been selected and we'll have our first official as a team camp this coming weekend. Jay, if I told you five years ago, uh, you're going to play in a national championship in tackle football on your home turf, would you have thought I was insane because you yeah, wouldn't be the thought first. you were crazy okay. like it's just I've been playing basketball my whole life so mm. it's good to it's good to know that I'm part of something as incredible as this as a first like a national football tournament blows my mind to like know that I'm a part of this I'm very proud to say that I'm playing in this I have a random theory I'll throw it out you didn't happen to play high school basketball at Balfour did you I did not oh no. okay I don't so know much if for you that. wanted me to be honest but <laughs> um my best friend Juliet, who I've played flag with and basketball with um, since I was like in grade five, she'd played on the first year of Victoria's and was her mom was like, Jay, you should come out and try it. Like, it'll be good. You get to play with Juliet. And I've been playing flag 
and I don't regret it a bit. It's my favorite sport. It's now my sport. I'm proud to be a women's football player. I've uh, been recruited for this, for Riot, for Victoria's, and it's just like a great collaborative sport. Like it makes me, it makes me very proud to be a football player. Claire, you have extensive experience in this game as a player and a coach. But in the 12-a-side game, have you ever coached six-a-side? How different is that going to be? Uh, well, I mean, football is football when you come down to it, um, right? We, we'll adjust to the numbers. We'll adjust to the size of the field. The exciting thing about six-a-side football is how dynamic it becomes, right? You, with the number of eligible athletes, you know, on the offensive side and how many, you know, options you can have in terms of structure on the defensive side. Um, really, you just take your, your ideas and you, and you modify them to, to the game in front of you. So six aside, while I haven't coached it extensively, I'm familiar with the game, I'm familiar with nine aside, I've coached a fair amount that way. And I'm so fortunate to have a coaching staff um, of people who have spent time on six aside. So really, uh, my expertise is just managing those great puzzle pieces in front of me and, and allowing them the freedom to, uh, to take those, those teams. It's different. Um, being O-line, I'm normally like the bigger one, the slower one, but now I'm also expected to be a receiver part of the time, which is very fun. It's different. Um, and again, like you said, more versatile, uh, more positions to play. And I love being on both sides of the ball, so it's a good experience. And it's different. I've played 9 and 12 men now, so I'm just kind of racking them all up, 6, 9, and 12, and it's a fun experience for sure. Well, um, you know, in the past no number of years, right, we've developed the Regina Victorias through RMF, but right, we've had to have people to compete against. So we're so fortunate to have formed the PGFL, right, which includes Estevan, Melville, Mooseman, and Yorkton. So players from each of those teams have come to try out and, and are being represented. And then, you know, as much as there is football, uh, you know, in terms of in the north with the Valkyries, they don't really have much in terms of a U18 or, or minor football program that women are playing in yet. However, we do have players that have come from Prince Albert, from Pine House, from Saskatoon that are individually playing on their youth um, minor football associations or high school teams. So we've had those players come and again, we're fortunate to have them as a part of the team. Football Canada, in its infinite wisdom, has named you guys the top seed going into the tournament. No pressure. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, it's definitely like a pressure, but we're just here to have a good time and develop as a team and play. And obviously like we want to play to win, but regardless of the outcome, it's just exciting to be competing in this tournament and gaining experience as a team and meeting new friends and coaches. So. How about you, Claire, as a coach? Do you like being the hunter or the hunted? Um, you know, I, in, my, in my many years, I've had, you know, both instances. And to me, especially in an inaugural event like this, the rankings couldn't mean less to me, um, right? Knowing it was established by random draw, um, knowing that all of these teams are in different stages of development. Um, I believe that in, these, in this format, the way we're playing in, in mini-game formats, that any team here is eligible to win this, and we want to be in that conversation, right? We're going to put our best foot forward. We're going to compete and try and own and, and deserve that number one ranking. Um, but is that something that I'm going to use um, as part of my coaching philosophy? Absolutely not. Um, we are there to compete. Um, and put our, put our best game on the field, no matter the ranking of the team across from us. I got a uh, sneak peek at the schedule, and I was 
well, I was taken aback by the fact you guys play two games on the first day, but you just sort of answered that question in terms of mini games. What exactly is a mini game? What's the duration? Um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't entirely know uh, the, the specifics. It's not, it didn't come out specifically in the tech package yet, but um, I believe it'll be in essence one half worth of football. Um, so we'll play, I, I believe it'll be two 12-minute quarters as opposed to the traditional four, um, which would be 12-minute quarters in minor. Can't wait to watch that uh, national championship six-on-six football here in Regina in July. Females, Indigenous, and First Canadian. So that's how we grow the game of football. And so good on Claire Doré for uh, being a coach, not only for females, but she's the U18 uh, first female football coach uh, this year too, coaching the boys. So that's outstanding. All right, uh, when we come back, and then thanks to Pete Pasco for that interview from Locker Talk on Access. He will join us. He'll still stay on that show, but he will join us full-time now reading our afternoon sports and helping me report Rough Riders and the local sports scene right here on your number one sports talk show in Regina and the province. It is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We'll be back after our 5 o'clock news and hear from the coach, Craig Dickinson and Brian Raymond out of Flowing Springs. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. The Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, advocating for Saskatchewan's older people for 30 years. SKSeniorsMechanism.ca And welcome wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. We had a storm roll through just before the show went on the air. Looks sunny out here at the corner of 12th and Rose. Let us know how the weather is where you are because CKRM is everywhere. We got a large reach on the airwaves at 620 on the AM dial, but we also have our app, 620CKRM app. If you don't have the app on a phone, you can always get us on the internet at 620CKRM.com. Ballsy here, my producer Sean Kleisiger on the other side of the glass. Uh, about an hour or so ago, was not golfing weather, but we need to talk. We're getting our fix of Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs this week, my friends. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to Brian Raymond. How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Saw the news at the PGA now. Unless it's a major, the PGA is uh, suspending permanent, like uh, right now a suspension for any player that's going to that live uh, tour. So that's interesting. Well, you had to know that, that there were going to be uh, sanctions based on uh, the way everybody feels about this. So you had to know that was going to happen. So we'll see how that plays out down the road. I don't really, I mean, we can throw stones at uh, the Saudis for how they act and blood money and everything like that. And I'm not condoning it, but to... to uh, to suggest everything's clean and North America's wrong, too. I'm not saying PGA's corrupt, but you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are going after the money, and, uh, you know, they, they decided, hey, like Dustin Johnson, it'd be pretty tough to turn down $125 million. Well, exactly, and the, and the thing about it, too, is that, uh, you know, some of the guys that are complaining also play in a couple of other tournaments, like the Dubai Classic, Yeah, and their, uh, their record isn't much better than uh, Saudi Arabia's. Yeah, it's kind of pick and choose however it suits you. I'll tell you what suits people, golfing at Flowing Springs. Tell us about it. Brian? Well, you know what? The sun is out. We had that storm go through. The sun is out now. It's absolutely beautiful. Those folks will be coming out pretty soon for our late twilight fee of just $17 to come out and walk the golf course. And of course, every day of the week, we have our normal fees of uh, $52, but after 3 o'clock, it's 32 And you know what? I, I may have heard this, but I, I believe there's an event coming up on Saturday, maybe a football game. Yeah. There might be some folks coming in for that. Bring yeah. your sticks, come early, come play the golf course. Yeah, have a great sports day. So I was going to ask you that. If it rains, 
Like when, like, should somebody call ahead just to see that you're going to let him get on the course? You know what I mean? Well, it has to be a pretty heavy, heavy rain for us to close the golf course. And, of course, we wouldn't have the golf course open if there was a lot of thunder and lightning in the area. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that's the big risk right there. Make a but, lot of sense. Uh, yeah, just call us and we can certainly tell you what's going on. Okay, Brian, if they want to get a hold of you in terms of lining up a tee time or more information, how do they do it? Well, if they want to line up a tee time or come out and use the driving range, you don't have to book that, but give us a call at 543-5050 or book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Last time I'll get to ask you before the season starts, uh, where do you think the riders finish in the CFL's West? Uh, I kind of think that maybe third. You're going third. Hey, I got I got Calgary 1, Saskatchewan 2, Winnipeg 3. What do you got? I kind of had Winnipeg 1, uh Calgary two and Saskatchewan three. Okay, well you got you know in the CFL all you got to do is get to the dance and then uh, who knows if you got the best steps you win everything right? Absolutely. Uh, thanks for this, Brian. Appreciate it. Okay, take care, guys. Have a great weekend and uh, good luck, riders. Go see Brian Raymond out there. Like you said, bring your sticks, uh, hit the ball around, then uh, go uh, watch Rough Rider football on Saturday. All right, Zinger, our text line, 936-6262, brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. We got any texts there? Gerald has some end-of-the-season standings for you. Cover your ears, Rider fans. Gerald says Winnipeg, Calgary, BC, Saskatchewan, Edmonton. Final West standings for 2022. Sounds like Gerald's a rider hater. Yeah, come Must on, come on Gerald. Bear. Gerald, I like You're... BC. Uh, BC Lions were always my second favorite team. Actually, it was the Riders and whatever other team was closest to folding because I didn't want my league to fold. Right. But I always liked the BC Lions, Roy DeWall, Joe Pow Pow. My dad the... liked the Montreal Alouettes in the 70s because they had nice uh, blue helmets, blue jerseys yeah. with the uh, red and white yeah. over the shoulders. They had yeah. really nice unis. Nicaraki, David Overstreet. Uh, that was Vince Ferragamo, Jerry mm-hmm. Dottilio. Oh, yeah, I could list all the names. But, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sold on that one. But, hey, Gerald, you're entitled to your opinion. How do you think the Riders are going to do? Text us, 936-6262. All right, it's time now to hear from our head coach as uh, Craig Dickinson met with the media as he does after every practice. And I started it by asking him, I'm getting tired of these questions, the same questions. So listen to my first question. Coach, I got to ask you a lighthearted question. A lot of Montana people are ticked off because of Yellowstone and everybody's moving there. Are you one of those guys? Yes, I am, actually. I, I tell people all the time, that show is very unrealistic. It was filmed somewhere in Alberta, not in Montana. So <laughs> Montana looks nothing like what you see in Yellowstone. The people are the same. But uh, it doesn't look, it looks more like Saskatchewan. You uh, you said by day three you kind of have a better idea about running backs, returners. Did you, is that the case? Yeah, you have a, better idea? yeah a little better feel. Um, we're going to platoon them. They'll both get carries and they'll both get returns. So so no one, no one really, I guess, a, a bell cow. No, no, it's going to be a mix of guys. You're going to see a lot of different guys rolling through, not only tailback but fullback as well. How much input do you do you give any input to that? Is that up to just uh, Jason? Moss? That's up to Coach Moss and the offense. I just I try to give them as much time as they feel they need during practice, and I support what they're going to do. So they're going to they're going to play a lot of guys, and I think I think you'll see both uh, Frankie and Jamal get carries. I feel like a lot of teams are doing that, keeping guys fresh, giving them each ten carries as opposed to one guy twenty five on a given night. Is that just to keep things fresh? Yeah, I think so, and I think you're seeing young running backs too, Taylor. Where you know the reality is. Um, you're asking them to do a couple things. You're asking them to return, play special teams, and and be a running back. So I think you see a guy like Wilder in Edmonton probably carry all of it. 
but in terms of our system, we've got two running backs very similar in skill set. So um, you'll see a, a platoon, you'll see a mixed bag, and, and they'll both get some carries. Is there a way that you can compare and contrast last season's defense to your current safety state right now? I, I don't think so just yet because it's so early. But I will say this, um, we're younger in the back end. So we got a little little bit uh, less experience in the secondary. So I think you'll see Britt some growing pains. I think you'll see him make a few mistakes, but hopefully we'll play fast, learn from it, and get better. So a guy like Sankey obviously has a lot of pressure on him after having such a successful season, being yeah. one of your best pickups. This year, I guess, what are your expectations for him? I just want to see him play hard, get lined up correctly, and be physical. And that's what we ask all of them, but specifically the linebackers. Play hard get lined up correctly, be physical, and do your best to help others, but mainly just play your game. Do you feel like him and maybe A.C. Leonard have a lot of pressure on them this year? I think the whole team's got pressure on them, and I think because they're leaders of this team, maybe they got a little more than, than others, but pressure's good. We say that all the time. Pressure means people expect things from you, and that means they think highly of you, so we'll take it. Has Nick Marshall been a better leader this year? Yeah, he has. You know, He's done a better job. He's healthy, came into camp better shape. He's going he's gonna to need to be, him and Mike Adam are going to need to be the leaders of that secondary. And he said he needs to be a better tackler. That's true. I would agree with him 100%. So we're working on it. Nick's, Nick knows he needs to improve in tackling, and honestly, our whole, our whole team does on defense and special teams. And the only way you get better is through reps and, and practicing. So Special teams is a combination of a bunch of different guys. You talked about fatigue. Is that something you're going to be keeping yeah, your eye on? Yeah, like, how's that going to yeah, affect special teams? I'm concerned about it, uh, but so is, so is every coach <laughs> yeah. right now. And you, you can't simulate the games. Uh, you try. That's why preseason is so important. At least we've gone through two preseason games and guys have gotten a feel for it. But that's also with 80 dudes on the sideline. Now there's 45. So um, you'll see some tongues dragging in the game. And hopefully, hopefully we can get off the field on defense and hopefully we can put some drives together on offense and try to tire them out. It's only game one. But how important is it for a guy like Jacob Prawl and Frank Hicks and these new guys to have a good game because we saw last year this roster can pretty much change at any moment yeah it's important uh you know a veteran guy gets a little more uh, slack in terms of you know you've seen him do it before so he can have a bad game or two and you're probably still gonna go with him but a young guy that is unproven he's got to go out there and show he knows what he's doing and show show that he can contribute or else you start looking at other guys but i you know they got enough pressure on him i'm not going to put any more i think they're going to play well so I guess a player like Milligan, who kind of got a taste of it last year, is coming in this year. What would you say is one of his strengths that he's going to bring to this squad? Well, he's very versatile. He can do a lot of different things, Britt. So we feel like he can line up anywhere in the secondary, across the board, and he's a good special teams player. So we think he's, he's going to help us this year in a lot of ways. Thanks to Coach Craig Dickinson joining us after every practice. Hey, Rob Banstone from the Leader Post, who joins us on our halftime show for every home broadcast, says as of early this afternoon, he tweets out 5,541 seats run sold for the Riders season opener. Free advice, never count 5,541 blue dots in one sitting because he went to the website and counted all the blue dots where the seats are open. That Rob Banstone is something else, man. He Attention to detail. So, uh... If you do the math, 33, so we're right around about 20, almost 28,000. Not bad. You'd like to see it get up there, but the riders, you know, with inflation and gas prices and everything, might cut down on the 
out-of-town crowd coming in. It's not too bad. Like, I was looking at the... I've done that before, by the way, too. Count all those no, blue I bet dots. you have, yeah. Um, That's so why I'm you're a, wearing glasses loser. now, because your eyes are shut. Yeah, but hopefully by uh, game time on Saturday, we can get over that mm. 30,000 mark. That's that's kind of would be my goal, at least, if I was in charge. 30,000? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, also, I want to point out, the British Columbia Lions are going to have their best um, crowd... In eight years, since since they had the Grey Cup, eight, nine years, they have sold 30,000 tickets, or at least there will be a crowd of 30,000. They've sold out the lower bowl mm-hmm. and now have opened up the upper bowl. Amar Dolman doing whatever he can. You have to keep that up though. now, though. It well, can't just be a one-game write-off. Well, I mean, it starts somewhere. It but what, starts somewhere, but let's have that well, consistently. But what you need, though, is now that you got the people coming to the game, now you need to win. You need to put on at least a good performance. Performance. At least they got to be entertained. So you cross your fingers for the Canadian Nathan Rourke. Uh, first time ever a Canadian has started and been backed up by a Canadian at quarterback. It's a great, great story. They've got an okay offensive line. Hopefully they can keep them upright. They've got the former rider running back James Butler, who seemed to have some hop in his step last game. And they've got some good receivers there. In Nathan Ru- Cherry. Yeah, Nathan Cherry, the U of S Husky. Uh, actually, all three U of S Huskies made the team. Nathan Cherry, Noah Zur, and Riley Pickett. So that'll be awesome. The Calgary Stampeders have 24,000 tickets sold today for their 35,000-seat stadium. Calgary fans, it's a crappy stadium. It's in they, they, they upkeep it as best they can, but it's a crappy stadium, let's be honest. I like it, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like, where, I like where it's situated, but it is kind of a crappy stadium, mm-hmm. and they're bored. They get used to winning. They're, they're kind of bored right now, so hopefully the Stamps can reinvigorate that fan base. So they're playing Montreal tonight. That'll be a good one. Um, and then uh, the other one, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are home to Ottawa. That's tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yeah, my Friday son. Night my son told me, t- sent me a text. He's driving up from Grand Forks to Winnipeg to watch the game. Okay. So he's going to go to the Winnipeg Blue Bomber that's not game. Too far away. Yeah, that's right too. I said, "Are you sure you can go? You have your own teeth." You'd <laughs> 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 be stopped at the border. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. We got to fire things up. No, the Bombers, of course, uh, doing well. Won the last two great cups. The TSN list, if you buy it, the top 50 for the top five players on the list are Winnipeg Blue Bomber uh, players, and rightfully so. Two-time defending champs. Yeah, whatever. Can't, you can't take it from them. Well, you can't. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. I told you. What did I tell you? There are... I like Patrick Newfeld. I like Richie Hall. Who else would Packer I like? Packer fan, by the way. Who else would I like on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I was going to say Kyle Borst, yeah, but he's, he's done. no longer. He's done. I don't like anybody else. Can't think I Richie Hall and uh, yeah, and, and Patrick Newfeld. Be damned anybody else. Done with them. Done with them. Bring done. back Tom Canada. Maybe we can ha- nah. add him to the list. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Did you believe that? That's Can one we... That's one Canada I hate. Anyway. Play <laughs> Number for the... 44, right? Yeah. Tom Canada? Yeah. I guess I, I kind of like Adam Big Hill because he is a pretty good guy. Yeah. An American that's bought into Canada, so I like that. Yeah, but... Enough bomber talk. I'm done with it. You oh, can I... talk about him if you want, but I'm not. I hate them. I hate that. I do. Like Gross I said. Colors. I'm they like, look like throw oh, up. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, speaking of jerseys. 
Did you see the Tiger Cats new jerseys? They got the oh, Hammer what? Time jerseys. Yeah, they're they're gray with the black and gold, and they got the H on the side of the helmet. Yeah, they look sweet. Hold check up. it out. Check All it right. out. I'll check our it friends at three. Here. Our friends at Three Down Nation have it. Hammer Time. Uh, oh yeah, I jersey see them now. Okay. To commemorate the 176th anniversary of the Steel City. Not bad. Yeah, it's not, not bad, bad at all. I'll tell you what, CFL's got some pretty slick gear. You got to give them that. Ottawa needs or they Ottawa needs to fix. Yeah, it they kind of need to go keep the red blacks, but they need a third jersey that kind of honors like the Ottawa Rough Riders. No, what they got to do is they got to get rid of the side panel stripes along the side of their jerseys. Like that's mm-hmm. absolutely garbage. Like yeah. they they need an overhaul. But overall, I, I'm with you. I I personally love the Calgary Stampeders uh, popcorn bucket type. Unis. I don't mind it. I, like the one thing I would change for that though would add a gray face mask. I like a bar. I like the barbed wire helmets that they have. Mm. That's cool. And uh, I love the BC Lions unis. That home uni is sweet. Yeah. I like it with the nice the the metallic logo on the black helmet. It looks pretty sharp. So, yeah. anyways, hopefully they can. Uh, entertain their fans, sell some memorabilia, sell some more tickets, but they're doing a good job there, at least for week one. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Rough Rider Royalty. Yes, indeed. The Duke, the Keel Williams, joins us. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Uh, week one's right around the corner. 7 o'clock kickoff on TSN. The Calgary Stampeders and the Montreal Alouette Show brought to you by Spreads.ca. All our guests, including our callers, coming to you on the Western Pizza Hotline. If you want to weigh in, 936-6262 in town. Toll free out of town, 1-866-767-0620. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Sounds like a Western Pizza football night to me. In fact, I'm going to get Western Pizza and sit right here in this control room and watch the game while I work on the broadcast notes for Saturday's contest with the Tiger Cats. Uh, Who do we have? Kelly. Kelly's on the phone. Let's go out to a listener. Kelly, go ahead, man. Uh, Good evening, Michael. I just wanted to pick up the conversation from yesterday when, uh, you know, when you had uh, chatting about Tangenbaum in in Toronto. Yesterday afternoon, um, the Bob McCown and John Shanahan show had the commissioner on and he was jumping all over the commissioner about Toronto, the lack of attendance, the lack of marketing. So it was an interesting um, discussion. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen on it, but Ambrosi was trying to dodge the issue and Bob kept coming back and pressing the issue that, you know, for the largest market in the CFL, they do the worst job at trying to get the attendance out. So I thought it just kind of, echoed your comments yesterday. Well, you know what? Listen, listen, Kelly, I'm not going to say that he's an idiot, Larry Tannenbaum, oh, because no. because obviously he's not. He's done a great job with the other entities. The dude's worth a billion dollars. So for measuring success on, uh, you know, as it relates to how much you have in your bank account, dude laps me many times, so I can't call him an idiot. But what I'm going to say is, this guy has the nerve in this league exactly. to do an interview as an owner, as a guy that's the figurehead of a company that owns a CFL team and at the end of the article with the Global Mail says, you know, we're always looking for NFL opportunities. Like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like Glenn Suter said, when everybody else is selling selling or uh, trying to sell Pepsi, this guy's trying to sell Coke. Everybody has to get on the same page. It's ridiculous. And we're not attracting younger fans. Dude, you're not even trying to attract any fans. I really believe... 
and I have no knowledge of this, but I really believe he wants this league to fail to the point where it folds so he can go to the NFL and say, hey, we got a whole country up here with no football. Give us an NFL team. He is... And the thing, Kelly, about egomaniacs is they're delusional. And he thinks he'll get it, but with the Broncos selling for $4.5 billion with a B, it'll be about probably 10 here in Canada for a franchise fee. Then you got to build a $3 billion stadium. So I can't see that happening. And here's the other thing, Kelly. This is an organization that has billions of dollars, but yet they're going to be propped up by the community-owned teams in a, in a revenue-sharing setup, okay? And he's got the nerve to cut down the teams that are giving him money, saying, well, don't like the structure, and I guess the community-owned teams are happy with it. Of course they are, because they're making money, you bozo. You're not. So, yeah, I, I'm very... I'm very not a I don't think he's an idiot. I just think that's just ridiculous. You can see where the XFL four down get rid of Canadians narrative totally. comes from. Yeah. yeah, and I I concur completely and you know your your position on it is dead on. Um I'll call in another day cuz I do I haven't had an opportunity to call into the show during the show um cuz I'm got commitments on the other side. So I always listen to the podcast, but there is a day I want to chime in on that whole Canadian content, because, yeah, that's so disappointing. And, again, I stand right behind your position regarding Canadian content mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the league you know, the league going forward. But Toronto, the center of the universe, you know, it's them and, uh, you know, their attitude's unfortunate. I'm really, I think what will make or break this year is what happens in BC. I think they're off to a great start, start with their ownership. And then, you know, Montreal's new ownership's kind of been quiet, but we'll, you know, we'll stand in the wings and we'll watch what's going on. Mm-hmm. If those two, you know, franchises can, you know, get out of their, their, you know, quagmire that they've been in the next, you know, over the last number of years, I think it'll be a really good step forward. And Mr. Tangenbaum, you know, he'll have to go look at another excuse. But anyway, <laughs> just wanted to chime in on that and give you a pat on the back for, you know, your comments regarding that. Cause yeah, I was just, when I heard that. Well, Kelly, you're, day, you're welcome to call anytime. Thanks for listening, however you do, consuming it live or in podcast form, brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. We appreciate it. We'll get to the Duke William comment, Duke Williams comments if we can. We got Farhan Lalji on deck. Maybe we'll get into the BC Lions and the Tannenbaum thing. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Oh, what an appropriate song. Show's brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and give or uh, get uh, 15 free spins on the slot machine for a chance to win $1 million. Time to run with the devil on the Western Pizza Hotline. That would be our friend Farhan Lalji from TSN. Saw him in BC last week in the broadcast booth. Just got a bit of a glimpse of him. Shook his hand. He didn't He didn't have the makeup on or anything yet for his TSN hit. Dude looked like a million bucks. Fine wine. What do you do to keep your, uh, your youth, Farhan Lalji? Dude, you're, you're calling me the devil just because I missed your show yesterday? That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, man. Oh, man, you know what? Yeah, I just turned 54 as well, so in one more year, I get to qualify for the seniors discount at IHOP. That's a big deal. 
That is. You can't be 54. I'm I almost, am. That is crazy, man. You're looking great. Okay, so uh, I want to I want to make mention of this and tie it into what's going on with the British Columbia Lions. The uh, Rough Riders and the Rough Rider Foundation welcoming over 200 Northern Saskatchewan football players, coaches, and teachers for three days to take part in a football camp. They'll be on the field at Mosaic Stadium tomorrow, be joined by some members of the Rough Riders. They're going to be at the game, and I think it's a great initiative, a super job by the Riders and the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, and that ties into what Amar Doman is doing there. I love that preseason game. He had the kids playing flag football. They unfurled the Canadian flag. The Lions come out and high-five the kids at center field, and now with everything going on this week, Farhan, we're looking at 30,000 fans. That's the best crowd in eight years. Yeah, it's like a Saskatchewan Rough Rider type crowd at Mosaic, right? On a, on a good day against Winnipeg. So, yeah. yeah, it is really good, you know. And this is what you get when you get local ownership that's invested, that's connected, uh, and that's passionate about the market and, and wanting to do all of those things, right? So, uh, the One Republic concert's obviously bringing some fans sure. to the building, but there's just been a general buzz that pregame party, the additional resources that Amar Doman's put into the organization, um, the things that he's going to do at the game, right? Like, you know, there's only certain things that they can do financially with that stadium deal. And so he's actually going to subsidize things to bring the cost of concessions down a little bit in certain uh, for certain foods and things of that nature, right? He's, he's spending his own money to find ways, you know, just to take down those barriers that other people have for not coming to games, right? So uh, it should be a good atmosphere and uh, full, full marks to him for doing it. And now the team's got to do their part. And I say that not because I'm trying to be a homer. No, but I, you know, I for me, look, I want the big markets where the game is struggling, where the league is struggling, to not struggle. And one of the things in BC over the years, and this was back to like the '90s when Murray Pezum was here. Yeah, you'd have a, you'd have a big game that all of a sudden a whole bunch of promotional dollars get sunk behind, and there's a buzz around it, and the team lays an egg. Like it is like clockwork. The team lays an egg, and they can't do that. So whether or not they win, it's got to be a high-scoring, entertaining game. It gives fans a reason to want to come back because they can't have 30,000 fans go home sour. I asked you earlier in the year about Nathan Rourke, and you said you were a believer. I did the eyeball test here last year, obviously, week one when he was thrown into the fire. I thought he was like any young guy. He's kind of like a deer caught in headlights, but showed great moxie to hang in there until Mike Riley could come off the bench. If they had a few more minutes, they probably would have won that season opening game. But last week, he got the controls right away. I love the shot you guys had on TSN where he's holding the football, belting out the national anthem, oh, Canada. Then he goes on the field and hey, he lived up to the billing. I know it's preseason, but he went against the Riders' number ones. Uh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this young guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of poise, right? And he's got a lot of tools. Uh, he spent a lot of time in the last couple of years developing some uh, added velocity, and I think that shows on, on a number of throws. Um, he prepares his tail off, and he understands the offense. He understands the nuance of the game. And, and more than anything, it's, it's not big for him. There are still going to be young guy moments, you know? And people question... Nathan Work and you know I heard Suit say on the show the other on the broadcast the other day that you know you shouldn't question him because he's Canadian. No one's questioning him because he's Canadian. He's being questioned because he's had so few starts. Right. So there's going to be some inexperienced related mistakes. It's still going to happen this week. You know Chris Jones is going to bring eight men to the line of scrimmage like he always does, and he's going to pressure. But he knows how to respond and he doesn't get rattled by it. So um, you know the the players. I spent a lot of time talking to Brian Burnham today after practice about the situation and just loves the poise the kid shows so and they, I, I think he's going to be able to handle it and he's going to be a real good one in this league and as i've said before everyone will celebrate it like in saskatchewan nathan rourke will be everyone's second favorite quarterback 
mm-hmm. right? Like, it'll be Cody Fajardo, and everyone across the country, they're going to say that, that I love my guy, but I sure hope this guy does well when they're not playing my team. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, I picked the Elks for the basement suite. I have, because they're not really settled at quarterback. I know Chris wasn't happy with his team last week. I know it's a preseason game, but he was he, he threw almost everybody under the bus. He was mad at everybody. I, I kind of have BC 4, the Elks 5. I actually put the Riders at 2, Calgary at 1, Winnipeg at 3. How do you have the West shaken down? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's fair to have the Lions and, and Edmonton as 4 and 5 at this point, right, just based on what we saw a year ago because they probably have the most questions to answer. And I, I, I'm going to have a tough time with Winnipeg at 3. I probably still have Sask at 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and Calgary at 1, in my mind. I think they were so young last year that uh, they're really going to benefit this year by having been young last year, and they got a really good quarterback situation, right? I love Saskatchewan's receiving core, especially you know when Kyron Moore gets healthy at midseason uh, as to how good they can be. I think they can be really explosive on offense. I think they've got kind of that the second-best line in the West behind Winnipeg's. But, um, yeah, so I, I kind of see that, you know, the, the Riders as a, as a solid playoff team mm-hmm. uh, for sure, but, uh, you know, I'm – I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I'd have Winnipeg that low quite yet. Okay, well, just that's good. Of their line play, if, just because of their line play on both sides of the ball, if for no other reason. Yeah, I, I just think I think they're going to miss Andrew Harris's tough inside, underappreciated running, and more than that, his blocking. Like I think those other guys are pretty good players, Oliver and Augustine. But uh, he bring he brought a lot in the backfield. I know he didn't play a lot last year. I get it, but I just think that might be underappreciated. And Ellingson is good, but he's not Hamilton Tiger cat good if you know what i mean yeah it's fair they've lost some offensive pieces so to to lose lawler and to lose adams and replace him with ellingson i'm not sure you net out positive there but uh the guy that they've got shown that's uh, taken over the starting spot mm-hmm. from janarian grant who everybody expected would get that spot and they're really really high on him they think rasheed bailey's ready for a bigger role um you know and to be honest i, I think out of the the two backs that they've got that are going to get most run you know, I think Oliver is a good blocker. Now, does he understand how to read holes as well and know the protections, right? Like physically he might be capable, but he's got to know it, yeah. right, and be able to make those decisions on the fly. I also really, really like Johnny Augustine as a changeup and think that if they can get him in space and out of the backfield, they can get some of the things that they got out of Andrew Harris from him, right? So it really should be a backfield by committee. I've heard it's been really, really heavy Olivera. Uh, so far throughout training camp and and maybe not as 50-50 as many people would have expected. But I think between the two of them, they they could have something there. So we'll see what it looks like. But um, I'm looking forward to just getting this week going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Calgary, Montreal. What are you most intrigued about tonight's football game with the Bo Levi Mitchell, who by all accounts is healthy now. He's got a smile on his face. But Bo's got something to prove. And Bo Levi Mitchell was something to prove that these last two years, he's not on a downslide. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then, of course, the drama with the Alouettes quarterbacking. Yeah, you know what, and those are the two storylines, right? And Bo did not look good in the one quarter of preseason action that he saw against BC. Three completions, two interceptions, uh, and just the decision-making. But from everything I've heard and talking to Dave Dickinson about it, that his health is there. The arm is back, and he hasn't shown any signs of, of injury or, or rust or whatever so far during camp. So if he's who he believes he is and who I still believe he is, I, I had him a lot higher than there we graded him out at in our top 50. Um you know, I, I still think there's a lot of game there for him. And if not, they've got a real good guy they can turn to, right? And if, mm-hmm. if Bagleton and Jordan are healthy all year, then they've got a pretty good uh, tandem to lead their receiving core. And Kadeem Carey is 
probably the best running back in the West, right? I mean, you, you know, you've got him and Stan back in the East. So, yeah, yeah I that's agree. interesting. And then Vernon, Vernon Adams, right? His quarter and a half last week wasn't good. And his 2021 was kind of meh, right? So he really needs to take a step forward as well. So two quarterbacks with a lot to prove tonight. It should be fun to get it started. All right. And lastly, Farhan Lalji, um, I always, I trust the team that went to the Grey Cup two years in a row, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, Dane Evans, uh, orchestrated a nice comeback in that East final, got hurt in the home Grey Cup, so Masoli comes in and almost wins it for the Tiger Cats, but in the offseason, the, the the Brass and Hamilton decided to go with Dane Evans, not Jeremiah Masoli. Did they make the right decision, in your opinion? And and how do you feel about Masoli in Ottawa? Because their fortune rests on Masoli magic. Yeah, you know, I think he's going to be a massive upgrade for them in Ottawa, and they needed that, right? They needed a legitimate quarterback that understood the league and could execute the type of offense that Lapo was going to want. You know, so they improved all the way around offensively at a number of positions. I'm curious to see how much their O-line actually did improve because I think some of their signings were leftovers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if their line can tread water, I think Masoli can make them significantly better. And, you know, like I get why Hamilton did what they did because they wanted to go younger. They wanted to go with... um, you know, a guy that was probably going to be a little bit less expensive and allow them to build their roster uh, a certain way, right? So uh, I get why they made the decision they made, and it, it makes sense to me. But I do think they've also lost some pieces on offense. They've got some questions there, uh, especially in the receiving core, and now it's going to affect their ratio a little bit on both sides as they as they try to make up for it because they might not be able to have the receiving depth to, to play two Canadian starters, which they originally wanted to do. So there's some questions for them. I think they're going to really have to lean on Don Jackson heavily early while the rest of their offense kind of gets it figured out. But I do expect there to be some regression from some of these teams in the East. I do think Hamilton takes a slight step back. Uh, you know, they also lose, uh, you know, Ja'Gary Davis. And then when you look at Toronto, right, so many one-touchdown games a year ago or one-score games, can they do that again? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I do – people are talking about Ottawa and making some noise. And, you know, I think they've got as good a chance as any just because I do think that there are some teams that are going to regress to the mean a little bit. You're going to see this guy on TSN quite a bit this year on the sidelines and in the broadcast booth. This is Farhan Lalji. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, pal. Sorry again about yesterday, uh, and good seeing you last week. Yeah, don't worry about a man. We are, we, we, we're we're all good. Uh, I can't cut down a guy that looks that good at 54, man. I appreciate it. Take care, man. See ya. All right, that's Farhan Lalji joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, we'll hear from Rough Rider Royalty. That's right, the Duke, Dakeel Williams, on the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM. That is 550 with the Sports Cage Sports Ticker. It's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating uh, and Cooling. They're hiring right now, starting salary. For service technicians, a 75000 signing bonus. So give them a call, 781-2090. Maybe I'll have to give them a call. Uh, the 2022 CFL season kicks off tonight. The Montreal Alouettes at the Calgary Stampeders. How will Vernon Adams Jr. look? Will Bo Levi return to his uh, top-level play? How many fans will there be at McMahon Stadium tonight? We're going to get some answers starting at 7 p.m. kickoff. On TSN, the Tampa Bay Lightning carry the momentum into Madison Square Garden for Game 5 tonight. Tampa has won the last two games to tie the series after the Rangers got out to a 2-0 series lead. Game 5, Lightning Rangers 
6 p.m. tonight, Ballsy. All right. Uh, I had a chance uh, with other reporters to catch up to uh, royalty with the Riders. That would be the Duke, Duke Williams, now in his first full season with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And uh, here's what the Duke had to say. Oh, it's very high. You know, there's going to be a lot of emotions um, come Saturday, so we got to make sure, you know, we come prepared, make sure we don't be too amped up. It's going to be a long game, first home game, sellout crowd. We just got to be prepared for it and put on the show. I feel, I feel great. Last year I came in late, so everything was moving a little slow, but right now I'm moving faster than I did last year. You know, got the timing down with Cody, and it's a long season, so our chemistry going to get stronger and stronger each and, day, each and every day at practice and each and every day in the game. So I'm just trying to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do, hit my targets, and make the play when the ball come my way. Shaq, kind of dynamic duo that you heard that, you sparkled on that. Does it feel like you have a lot of pressure on you two? I feel like it's no pressure because this is something we've been doing our whole life. You know, Shaq great at what he do, and I'm great at what I do. So when you put us two together, that just it just make it harder for the defense to um, cover us two. And like I said before, it'll be hard for a team to cover me and Shaq one-on-one along with Shaker Bake. And we got Jacob as well. So we just trying to prepare each and every day, you know, stay grounded, stay humble, and take it one day at a time. Nah, we don't worry about the amount of targets we're going to get. <laughs> Talk to me about a guy like Crawl uh, who comes in, takes a starting job from someone, and he's right out there with you guys despite being a rookie. When I was driving up here, I was watching a film, um, a rookie minicamp, and he was the main one that stuck out. And I called Timo. A couple other guys stuck out as well, but I called Timo and I was like, who is this guy? And it turned out to be Jake. And he came up in here, he grinded, and now he's starting with us. So I don't, I don't doubt him. Like I told him before, anything he need, any type of help he need, I'm here for him. You know, stay grounded. And when the ball come, do what you've been doing, make a play. Every, every time the ball came is when mini camp he made plays, training camp he made plays. So, you know, I don't doubt him. I got the, the best confidence in him, and I know he's going to come through every time the ball come his way. What stuck out in your mind? He's fast, he can run routes, and most of all, he got great hands. He remind me of me. <laughs> How much did that long touchdown you scored in Winnipeg in the West final kind of whet your appetite for what could happen over an entire season? First of all, it was cold, so I had to catch the ball first. It felt like rocks. But um, <laughs> overall, it felt good to, you know, get my win and, and have a long run like that. And now coming into this season, fresh, you know, fresh legs, you know, fresh, fresh body, I'm ready. I'm just ready to compete and ready to um, make my name again in this league. I guess you can't really make predictions. You don't have tape on anybody else, and that's what Cody kind of suggested. It's the hardest part of a boy with game one. But do you feel like this team has one of the strongest receiving cores in the league? No doubt. You know, I don't want to send messages around saying we the best. You know, I know how that can step on people's toes, but in my eyes, we the best. You know, they could take it how they want to take it. If you're not the best at what you do, then what you're doing it for. That's how I look at everything. I'm the best at what I do. Nobody's better than me. And I mean that in the most humblest way. I just, that's just my approach to the game. If I don't have that approach, then I'm not, I don't feel like I should be here. And that's just what it is to me. But I feel like we're the best. But we can talk about it. We, we got to be about it at the same time, though. What's the biggest thing a rookie can learn from a veteran? Uh, MLS yesterday said he's taking in everything that you and Shaq and some of the vets do and just soaking it all in. What's the biggest thing that, that you can pass on, whether it's verbally or whether it's just showing? Questions is the biggest thing. You can't not ask questions when you don't know what's going on and go out there and mess it up because that's going to look bad on your part. So the biggest thing for me when I was a rookie, I used to ask questions to Darius Bowman, to Vidal Hazleton, D. Wall, Kenny Stanford, you know, Brian Mitchell. I always ask those guys questions and they broke it down to me and, and helped me learn the game more visually. You know, I know how to play the game, but I didn't know how to really read defenses like how I do now. And it make it more better that I know how to read defenses because I know how to run my route off leverage. 
So the biggest thing to the rookies is ask questions, you know, be comfortable with asking questions and, and be comfortable with getting things wrong because not everybody's going to get it right. We all human at the end of the day. What is the significance of wearing number five? That's just a number, you know, growing up in my neighborhood, you know, that's just what it is, a number five number. And that's what, that's what it's called in my neighborhood, five. It's really five dudes, so that's why I wore the number to represent my neighborhood. That's what I like. I like the fact that we can talk to players and movers and shakers in the league and around the world of sports, and we could talk to the listeners, and the people are starting to phone. We got Dell on the phone. Go ahead, Dell. You're on the sports cage here with Ballsy. Yeah, I like to hope that they uh, get this right on uh, all the offsides in the preseason. They know they can come back and bite us back in the arse. Yeah. Do something. You're talking about the defensive offsides? That's correct. Yeah, that was an issue last year too. I I don't I never got why like you can't have one guy designated. He he goes where the football is. He takes one step back, which is the one a yard off, and nobody crosses that. That's a cardinal sin. Absolutely, I agree with you. They better clean that up for sure. Definitely, and I'm taking uh, Saskatchewan over Hamilton, thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay. And I'm taking uh, Saskatchewan over Ottawa in the Grey Cup. That's what you got, Saskatchewan over Ottawa. Nice. First time we would have yeah. met since 1976 when Gabriel sunk us and put a stake in our heart. Yeah, no, that's good. I got – so let's go through this together. Dell and Zinger, you could jump into our producer. Uh, I've, I'm putting money down on this tonight on spreads.ca. Calgary versus the Montreal Alouette. Zinger, who do you got? Uh, I think uh, Montreal wins tonight. Okay, Montreal. Yeah. Who do you got, uh, Dell, yeah. Montreal, or Calgary? Calgary. Yeah, okay, Calgary. Okay, and I've got... Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with Montreal. I agree with you, Zinger. Mm-hmm. Okay, tomorrow night, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Who do you got, Dell? Winnipeg. Yeah, I got Ottawa. I think Ottawa's going to knock them off. Ooh, it's spoil tough. Them. Yeah, Ottawa yeah. usually plays pretty good the first couple weeks yeah. of the year, huh? Who do so, you got? I, I'm going to go with Ottawa. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not picking Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to be smart with your money, though, Zinger. Yeah, okay, no, uh, I'm not smart. Dell, uh, we'll leave the Riders. You said the Riders are going to beat Hamilton. What did you say the score was going to be? 31-28. Okay, thir- late field goal from Lothar? Yep. Okay, awesome. Okay, uh, Zinger, who do you got? Oh, the game on Saturday, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this I don't want to make anyone angry. But, you going uh, Hamilton? I, I think Hamilton might win the game. You yeah. got three road teams in a row? That's right. Wow. Uh, who do you, uh, so you got Hamilton. I got, uh, I got Saskatchewan. I got Saskatchewan, provided the O-line can hold up. We heard from Andy Fantuz earlier. If you missed it, you can check it out in our podcast. Where will they get their pass rush from? And can Dane Evans do it as the main guy now? I'm concerned about the offensive line. That's why I'm, okay. that's why I'm okay. going I'm believing in Saskatchewan with, uh, along with Dell. And Dell, the BC Lions with over 30,000 fans in the stands against the Edmonton Elks in their home opener. Who do you got there? Oh, I think uh, the Alks are going to pull that one out. You think Chris Jones is going to get it done? Okay, I don't know if Nick Arbuckle is going to play or not. He had an injury in the, before the second preseason game. Uh, Zinger, who do you got? No, I'm going with the BC Lions. I'm, I, I think they're going to win that. The they're Elks. notorious for laying an egg, though, when the crowds have been big, as Farhan said. Uh, but I'm going to go BC. Yeah, I got BC, Saskatchewan, Ottawa. Oh, can, I get, can I bet against Bo Levi Mitchell? Ooh, Ooh that's tough. 
I got to go Montreal. I think I'm going to go with Kahari Jones and the Alouettes. Dell, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Okay, man? Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Dell. Have a good night. Take care, man. Yeah, awesome. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, head right back on the Western Pizza Hotline after the 6 o'clock news and talk with Farhan Lalji. We're going Cougars in the cage with one of their new signees, Isaiah Oh, sorry, I meant uh, Arash Madani, not Farhan. Sorry, get my correspondence wrong. Uh, we're going to go with Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. And then we got Cougars in the Cage, Isaiah Bay from the Campbell Tartans joining the U of R Cougars men's basketball team. We'll talk to him. And we might even squeeze in something with one of the riders, other receivers, Shaq Evans or Jacob Prawl. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day, getting set for the Stampeders and the Montreal Alouettes to kick off the season in less than an hour. As we're big CFL fans around here, our next guest is a CFL baseball, tennis, golf, hockey, you name it. This guy is a fan of everything and covers it all coast to coast with Arash Madani. Changing the name. I'm changing the name coast to coast with Arash Madani. We'll get our big. Like yeah, we're going to get our big voice guy on it here uh, as soon as he uh, returns from his illness there. I think he got a case of COVID, actually, to be honest with you. So I couldn't get any oh, really? voice work done. Yeah. But uh, big Al Murdoch will be back in the big chair voicing up coast to coast with Arash Madani. And when we do this report, it is brought to you by our friends at Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Make sure you give our friend Brian. Ryan Golly, a call. Just give me a second here. My computer just froze. I know, real professional here. Right here, real professional, Michael Ball. That's right. Uh, call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash Madani joins us in Detroit ahead of the uh, series with the Tigers. Jays have been, uh, I think, take last game out of it, have been playing pretty good baseball. Uh, not since Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Rash, since he made his debut back in 2019, have the Blue Jays had a prospect with uh, this much hype coming into the mix. You're in Detroit with the team, and tomorrow's a big day for a young catcher. For Gabriel Moreno, Balzi, he is the number four prospect in all of baseball, and I agree. I mean, yeah, Vlad came in with the grandest of grand fanfare. I mean, shoot, we broadcast his first batting practice when he made his debut. But Moreno is an interesting one because he has really come out of nowhere. Like, he signed six years ago for twenty five grand, which in baseball <laughs> is, is peanuts. And he is slowly but surely really skyrocketed up the organization's depth chart and then all up all of baseball's depth chart. And... You know, he comes in, Danny Jansen, their starting catcher, just had a fracture in his hand. I, I'm not sure if he'd be in the mix the way Alejandro Kirk is hitting, um, if not for this. But suddenly, um, this is going to be Moreno mania tomorrow. And it is going to be a big deal. And there's going to be, you know, it's not quite the arrival of the Beatles at Ed Sullivan <laughs> Theater. But uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a big deal in Detroit. It should be a lot of fun. It'll be uh Crowded behind the plate, though, Rash, won't it? It will be, but, I mean, you know, with Jansen out, Alejandro Kirk is probably only going to catch two or three days a week. And what's interesting about Moreno Balti is we have to remember, first of all, he's one of the youngest catchers in AAA, yet one of the best hitters in AAA. And what they've worked with him for the last while is the, the point of emphasis has been on the defensive side about 
reading swings, about how to catch the low ball, about game planning, about how to manage the relationship with a pitcher, about how to communicate between innings with them. I mean, this is a kid. He only played 40 games last year, a little bit of Arizona Fall League, a little bit of winter ball, um, all those kinds of things. So, you know, he's coming in pretty green into this mix. So, and he didn't, he arrived at spring training late, a shortened spring training because he had some visa issues coming up from Venezuela. So he's going to have to get a crash course hmm. on working with Blue Jay pitchers. And as you know, that's not easy coming up to the big leagues without any real rapport with the dudes you're going to be working with. Yeah, no kidding. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. He covers all types of sports everywhere. He's in Detroit with the Tigers. Now, um, I had a couple of guys in the back go, ask a rash about this Jin Ryu. Uh, they gave the guy four years, 80 million bucks back in 2020. Haven't heard a ton about him. What's the deal? The deal is today, literally today, Balzi, he is at the offices of Dr. Neil Elitrash. Um, that name kind of sounds familiar. He's a shoulder elbow specialist, oh, okay. arm specialist. He's basically the West Coast version of Dr. James Andrews, so never a good thing. That's right. Um, Ryu has had inflammation in the forearm and the elbow. It's been sore for most of the year. It's not something that just happened after a pitch. You know, sometimes a guy's elbow goes. This is something wear and tear over the course of a career, and it does not look promising for Ryu. They're, they're, for now, they're saying multiple weeks he's out. I'm under the impression by tomorrow in Detroit, we're going to hear that his season is done. Mm. And Balti, if he, if, and it's a big if, if he needs Tommy John, his Blue Jay career may be over because I think he'd miss all of next year too. This is Arash Madani joining us coast to coast with Arash Madani. Now let's talk some CFL because you have a CFL background. You love the league, cover the league from a distance. Now we started talking CFL yesterday when you were on with us. Um, I've got the Riders finishing second in the West, but what's the national narrative on the green guys? Uh, who do you have finishing first? Calgary, Winnipeg third. Calgary. Yeah, and I got Winnipeg oh. third. I want to third. I bet you I want to pick third. Well, no, it's not because I hate the Bombers, which I do, but I just I think they <laughs> lost a lot on defense. They lost a lot on offense, and you can't be you can't be at the top forever. Doesn't mean they can't do anything as the season goes along. Like who cares as long as you get to the playoffs? But what's the narrative on the Riders? Well, I think the narrative on the Riders. I mean, it, it really begins and ends with Cody Fajardo. You know. Can Fajardo take that next step as a franchise quarterback? And I think part of the national narrative around Cody, whether it's fair or unfair, even as a vet, is just how sensitive he is. Like, if I'm, if I'm Cody Fajardo, I just put social media aside and mm. I stop caring what other people are saying because it really doesn't impact what I do in my preparation for a game, what I do when I step out onto the practice field, when the lights come on on Friday night or Sunday afternoon and and my treatment and, you know, rinse and repeat week after week. So, I, you know, when, when you talk about the riders, shoot, Ballsy, they, they nearly went into Winnipeg and won that sucker, that, that West Final last year. Two years in a row. Two years in a row they almost beat him. Right. And last year I would say they did it with okay quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if they get good what if they get very good what if they get excellent what if they get exceptional quarterback play then what happens 
But what we don't know is if Cody's capable of it. If he is, to me, that makes the Riders the team to beat. Big if, though. Capital I, capital F mm-hmm. on that if. I've got Toronto finishing first in the East, but they seem like, uh, you know, I, well, they're always under the radar in their own market. How do you see the Toronto Argonauts this year? I, I think they're the best team in the East. You know, I get that there's a lot of hype around Ottawa. Um, I almost look at the Red Blacks almost like the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> season. Um, you know, they're playing fantasy football instead of reality football, just bringing a bunch of names into the mix. Um, honestly, Ballsy, like, I don't even look at their additions as their quote-unquote name additions as significant. I don't know how many games Brandon Banks is going to play, let alone what kind of impact he's going to make. You know, he may show flickers here and there. Mm-hmm. I think he's done. Um, and Andrew Harris, you know, how durable can he be there? I don't know. But that's a that's a pass-first offense with a quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach who only had a shortened season together, but now they're in the same system together again. And I just really think that when you look at continuity, when you look at what the Argos were able to do last year, and just how pass-heavy they are, I, I, I agree with you. I think they're the team to beat in the East. Lastly, a rasher against the clock, but I want your prediction for league MOP and defensive player of the year. Two big awards. Um, I'm going off the board with, uh, with the MOP. I'm going Geno Lewis in Montreal. Yeah, I love him. He was so impressive last season. He can make the plays that very few receivers in the league can make. Um, He's explosive. He's a heck of a route runner. His hands are glue. Um, Just an exceptional player. I I know that William Stanback is going to get, you know, a lot of of offensive load, but he's going to make defenses be honest, which, which to me makes Lewis, um, a real threat. So that that's my MOP. And I know this sounds very cliche, but I still like Willie Jefferson mm. as the defensive player. I mean, here's, here's a guy who can get after the quarterback. He is big and long and athletic and can do so many different things. Um, I like Jefferson. How about you? Um, you know, I don't I don't dislike the uh I don't dislike that uh Geno Lewis one, but defensively I I think AC Leonard's the best defensive end in the CFL. I okay. think he's I think he's better than Willie Jefferson. Willie's got the better resume and he's still good, but I think Willie Jefferson but I, I don't know. Actually if you want if you want my opinion, I think I'm gonna go with my defensive player of the year is Darnell Sankey. That's who I'm gonna go with Ooh. with the Saskatchewan and not because I'm the voice of the Riders. I think Sankey and I'm going Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah. I think Bo is a bounce back year. I know that's an obvious one, but I think he has a bounce back year. Henceforth, my pick for Calgary in first. Thanks for your time, Arash. We got to go, but uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. Okay, Ballsy. Thanks, Bo. All right, have fun in Detroit if you can. <laughs> be at be safe. Arash Badadi joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Coast to coast for smart investing solutions. When we come back, we are going to hear from one of the cougars in the cage. This is the sports cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking to Isaiah Bay. He's a big-time recruit that has signed on with the men's basketball team. A 5'11 guard led Campbell to appearances in both the city and provincial finals at the 5A level this past season. How are you today, Isaiah? 
I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Now, you come by this honestly because your dad uh, used to play with the Cougars during the 2002-2003 and 2004-2005 season. Uh, Levy Bay is his name. So uh, how much of an influence has Levy been on your uh, career? Uh, He's had a pretty big influence. He's always kept me around the games. He's also a ref in town, so whenever he used to ref when I was a kid, I'd always go out with him and watch the games. Yeah, so how much did you pick up on it watching him ref, and and what kind of things did he teach you about the game? Did he give you any little insider tips of what refs may or may not call? (laughs) Yes, he did. He always told me to stay clean and never complain because refs like to talk to each other, so you might stop getting calls if you complain too much. Yeah, that's a good point. Did he did he teach you how to take as a guard? Did he teach you how to take a charge? <laughs> yes, he did. So um, what's I the key? What's take... the what's the key to doing that, uh, Isaiah? Uh, just meet the defender at the rim. Um, make sure your feet are not moving and you're just stable. Okay, and how about on the other side of the court, avoiding a charge? How do you do that? Um, landing on two feet and either taking a sidestep or just jump stop and looking for an outlet. Did dad ref your games coming up through the ranks? Um, he refed a couple of tournaments, but he never refed in any league games. Was he hard on you in the tournaments? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I'd often look at him for calls, but he'd just say keep playing. And so you never got mad at him on the court, but did you get mad at him on the way home or when you got home? <laughs> Of course I did. <laughs> and so, was he the ultimate ref and grounded you? Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, all right. So you averaged seventeen point one points and eight and a half rebounds per game, while also leading the Tartans in both assists at six point three and steals at three point five. What's your favorite thr- uh, thing about your game, Isaiah Bay? Um, probably distributing and getting everyone else involved. Yeah. Wh- why? Like this. Yeah. Why do you like that? Um, I just like getting others involved. I like seeing other guys get the spotlight and getting their own. What's your favorite game so far in your young career? Is it one come to mind? My favorite game? It was probably provincial finals. Even though um, we lost, there was quite a few people watching, and it was fun to compete, and I also had a pretty good game. Were you always a basketball guy, or did you have any other sports you liked, Isaiah? Um, I've always been playing since I was little, but I also played soccer and football growing up. Okay, so how intense are your workouts in terms of, uh, you know, like how many in the off season? how many balls would you shoot? Uh, you know, how intense are your rebound drills? What do you do there? Does your dad work you out too? Um, my dad used to work me out, but as I got older, I started working out with other people. But I'll usually try my best to put up about like 500 shots a day. 500 shots a day. I got tennis elbow 500, now. 500 makes, sorry, not shots. 500 makes, okay. So in, how long does it take you to make 500? Like how many shots would you need to take, Isaiah? Uh, quite a bit. If I'm having an off day, it'll be more than usual, but... We've well, been working on it recently. Well, what would that be like? Six? You need you need to take six hundred to make five hundred. Six fifty. Probably seven something. Oh, okay, seven something. What? What's your goal to get it down to six hundred? 
Uh, yeah, I could say that. Okay. So, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite play? Like, what would it be? And maybe not a play, but like, do you like the three pointer? Do you like a mid range jumper off the glass? What What would be your favorite type of play? Does a dunk count? Yeah, a dunk counts. Of course, it counts. Do you, do, do you got <laughs> yeah. hops? Do you got hops? Do you love hops? Yeah, I I do. I started working out and I started dunking in my grade eleven year. Mm-hmm. And then in my senior season, I was dunking in games. Yeah, we don't really think we think of football players, maybe a little hockey players in terms of uh, uh, weightlifting. But is that something that uh, basketball players are really turning to now? Something you're turning to? Uh, yes, it is. Before it used to be something that really um, set you apart, but now it's kind of like a given. It's something you kind of have to do just to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. So uh, the U of R, was there ever any doubt you were going to the U of R? Steve Burrow's a good coach, good longtime coach. Of course, we talked about your dad's connection. Was there ever any doubt you'd go anywhere else? Uh, no, not really. I wanted to stay home and be with my family and have their support. So I chose to stay home. Yeah, it's always good to have home cooking and free rent too, right? Yes, exactly. Nothing to matter with that. What's your uh, pregame meal? If you have to have a good pregame meal, what is it? Pre-game meal. I like to have pasta or just a light oatmeal before the game. Are you a, are you a cook? Uh, no, I don't cook quite often. Mom or dad's the one that makes your meals, or what? Yeah, my mom makes the meals. So dad's the coach and the ref and and the former player. So you've got that, and and your mom, she what? She washes your gear and and uh, makes you food. <laughs> no, I wash my own gear. You wash well, it. At least you're doing that. I'm glad you're at least earning your keep a little bit. Um, what, <laughs> what do you like best, do you think, about the U of R program besides staying home? What, what do you like about Steve Burroughs and his program there? Um, it's a great group of guys. They put together a great team with great athletes, and we're going to have a lot of fun and success next season. Awesome, man. And, and before we uh, uh, wrap this up, maybe a shout-out to your head coach at Campbell, Stephen Shields. Uh, he was a two-year Cougar who finished his U-sports career in 2016-2017. Maybe talk about Stephen and, and what he did to help you. Um, Steve was a great coach. He'd often give me gym time in the mornings or after school, even after practice. And he kind of always just talked to me and said I could do whatever I put my mind to and just let me really be free on the court, which helped me grow a lot. Okay, so for those that haven't seen you play and kind of watched the NBA, is there one guy that you could kind of model yourself after? If we were to say, okay, Isaiah Bay plays like this, who would it be? Um, I'd say maybe a little bit of a mix between Chris Paul and like John Morant I'd say oh yeah I love John Morant he's a flashy player and Chris Paul's a good leader that's all yeah he likes to distribute the ball for sure hey uh Isaiah thanks for your time congratulations on uh, joining the U of R men's basketball team have yourself a great night thank you so much you too it's a segment we call Cougars in the Cage in the Sports Cage here as uh, we highlight Cougar Athletics. That's Isaiah Bay from Campbell joining the U of R Cougars basketball team, headed up, of course, by our friend, friend of the show, Steve Burrow. Speaking of basketball, uh, Steph Curry hurt his ankle, says he has no ways missing game number four. They're down two games to one. They came back hard but lost by 16 points to Boston. Clay Thompson, uh, he needs to find some more of uh his shooting prowess if the Warriors are going to win this series. I still think it's a long series. Clay Thompson missed almost two years of basketball with injuries. Uh, he doesn't like the Celtic fans, though. This is a great clip after the game yesterday. It was not a factor. We've played in front of rude people before. 
dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. <laughs> That's the clip of the day. Actually, he's wrong, though. It wasn't F-bombs from the parents. I think the kids were dropping F-bombs if they're Boston fans. <laughs> that's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that'll be interesting that to funny, see though. game four of that series tomorrow. Right now, I didn't see a score Rangers in Tampa. I think they are still scoreless at MSG. That series tied at two apiece with the uh, Lightning, the two-time defending champs, getting yep. back on even terms. No score. Last uh, two games they won, yeah, midway through the first period. Low shots, too. Three for the Rangers, one for T-Bay. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Tomorrow, we'll have some more rider talk. We'll get some comments from Jacob, uh, Jacob Prawl, the young receiver. He's learning from his boundary teammate, Shaq Evans. We'll hear from the Shaq attack, too, and get some other stuff there. Uh, from Ryder practice. It's a walkthrough before their game against the Tiger Cats, but we're going to be live on location tomorrow from the oh, Battle yeah. of the Prairie 16 at the Connexus Arts Center. Yeah, that's it's right. fight night. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get it on because we don't get along. I won't be in the ring, but I will be... Well, yes, actually, I will be in the ring, but not as a competitor, as the announcer. So I punched I'm, myself too hard. I'm getting you? too excited yeah, here. There you go. You love boxing. I love it, man. Yeah, the Lonsdale Boxing Club Tomorrow putting on night. a great fundraising <laughs> event at the Conexus Arts Center. That'll do it for the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, working to make affordable home supports for seniors a reality. skseniorsmechanism.ca.